Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. In L.A. County, federal and local health officials have confirmed the first death of a person with monkeypox in California and possibly in the country. Monkeypox was first reported as the suspected cause of death last Thursday by an official with Los Angeles County's Department of Public Health. Public Health and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention confirmed the cause of death yesterday. Officials say the L.A. County resident was severely immunocompromised compromised and had been hospitalized with the virus. Late last month, Texas public health officials reported the death of a person who had been diagnosed with monkeypox. The person was severely immunocompromised and the case is under investigation to determine what role monkeypox may have played in the death. At least 25 homes have been destroyed in the mosquito fire burning in the Sierra foothills and Placer and El Dorado counties. Crews have been able to take advantage of much cooler weather the last two days as they work to build containment lines around the blaze. So far, the fire has burned more than 48,000 acres and is 16% contained. More than 11,000 people remained under evacuation orders as nearly 6,000 structures are still threatened by the fire. Unlike the rest of the country, gas prices here in California have been going back up. That's after they dropped from record highs earlier this summer. With more, here's KQED's Ted Goldberg. AAA says the average cost of a gallon of gasoline in California is close to $5.43. That's 16 cents more than a week ago. Gas price analysts say that's because the West Coast is dealing with a tight supply. Several refineries have taken some units offline for maintenance or have had equipment problems. For example, Contra Costa County regulators say Chevron's Richmond refinery has had nine flaring incidents in the last two weeks. Those chemical releases are due to both malfunctions and maintenance issues. The State Energy Commission says prices should start to drop again in the coming week. For the California Report, I'm Ted Goldberg. A federal lawsuit has been filed accusing San Francisco police of violating a rape victim's civil rights. That's after the police used DNA information from her sexual assault medical exam to connect her to an unrelated burglary five years later. Prosecutors dismissed charges against the woman early this year after former District Attorney Chesa Boudin raised alarm about the misuse of a victim's DNA. A bill that would require DNA samples from rape medical exams to only be used to ID purposes perpetrators is awaiting the governor's signature. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. All right, for the rest of the show, we're going to turn to water. Most Californians are feeling the effects of the drought, but in big areas of the state where people rely on groundwater, the pain of this drought is especially severe. Wells are going dry, and there's intense competition to find more water that's underground. I wanted to see what that looked like, so I went to the San Joaquin Valley. I'm standing by a mobile drilling rig in a rural area about 30 miles north of Fresno. I can see and feel the drill pipe rotating as it burrows deeper and deeper into the earth in search of untapped reservoirs of groundwater. If it's found, the water will be used by nearby homeowners whose first well has gone dry. And like many people in this part of California who aren't hooked up to municipal water systems, no well water means no water, period. Daniel Reese is the drilling supervisor here. This area here, we won't, realistically, we will not hit water until about 380, 400. 380, 400 feet. Yes, that's an unfortunate side. Unfortunate, Reese says, because in the past, drilling to such depths to find groundwater would have been rare. These existing wells from these homes 15, 25 years ago were only drilled down to about 200, 300 max. Why drill deeper to hit water? Well, drought, of course. Both the one we're in and past ones. Less rain means it's harder for aquifers to get recharged. So there's a kind of race in the San Joaquin Valley now between property owners and farmers to drill deeper and tap the water that remains. In a sense, a lot of straws are going into the ground to get to that water. And some people win and some people lose. The deepest straw gets the water. That's absolutely how it works. That's Tom Collishaw of Visalia-based Self-Help Enterprises. It's a nonprofit that provides emergency water services and low-interest loans for private well construction in the San Joaquin Valley. Collishaw says one huge challenge is the soaring cost of drilling, as demand increases and plentiful groundwater is more difficult to find. And well drilling right now, just a domestic well on a single-family household uh, lot, is costing $60,000 where three years ago, maybe we were paying $25,000. So what do you do if you can't afford a drill or you need to wait until a drilling crew arrives? That's when many put in giant tanks filled with trucked-in water. So we're installing a temporary 2,500-gallon water tank, uh, and we'll get them temporary water until they can come up with a permanent solution for water, either be a new well or connection to some sort of city infrastructure, which I don't think is out here, so... That's water tank installation contractor Brandon Jones. He says his company installs as many as five tanks a day. When I meet him, he and his crew are at a home east of Isalia. The homeowner, Michelle, who doesn't want her last name used, says she hasn't had water since June when her well went dry. Uh, What's it like when a well goes dry? It was, you turn on the faucet and nothing came out. 
Michelle is happy the tank is finally here, so she and her family can bathe, flush toilets, and cook. But... This is a band-aid until we're able to drill a new well and hopefully find water. And when does that work start, do you hope, or do you think? Well, when we get people to call us back and actually come give us an estimate, we'll know. Oh, really? Because it's just so hard to get through, there right? Is so, there are so many people in the same situation that everyone is extremely busy. But another problem, even if a property owner or community drills a successful well, the water that's found could be contaminated. That's been a years-long issue in mostly poor and Latino communities in the valley, like Ducor, population just over 600. There's groundwater here, but the water's too dangerous to consume because of decades of pesticide runoff from agriculture. I talk about that with resident Eliseo Aldaco as he waters his yard. It's water that's safe for the plants, but not to drink. No, can't drink it. You can maybe even smell it. So what do you do for drinking water? Just, um buy bottled water and that's just a constant thing i mean uh, that's yeah, it i mean every 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 week yeah you got to buy the water for the week so what's ahead for the san joaquin valley and the quantity and quality of its groundwater well cleanup efforts of tainted aquifers are slow or non-existent the state is also implementing a massive groundwater management plan but that will take years to see results Meanwhile, the search for increasingly scarce groundwater continues. Back at his drilling site, Daniel Reese says he has a long line of desperate customers who are waiting. I'm averaging right now five to six months out. That's actually a pretty decent number. We're, we're pushing it. We're pushing it. But Reese says he cautions his clients that just because he drills, it doesn't mean the water will actually be found, no matter how deep he goes. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, September 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at SchmidtOcean.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 
That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 